welcome to the Youth Development Professionals Guidebook. I'm your host, Michael Garcia. And I'm your co-host, Al Ferreira. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another amazing episode. Al, how awesome is this? We are on our 26th episode. What do you think of that? It, it is pretty amazing. And uh, I'm going to borrow from William Shakespeare and say, what is past is prologue. Um, we're, we're, we're talking to a couple of our past folks and uh, touching base with them after six months to see what choice they've made in this tempest future <laughs> yeah we have a we have a full reach back this episode we have uh lewis river rivero uh from season one episode three and we have rabbi sarah rich from season one episode 12 so uh stay with us we're gonna start off with river all right well welcome back river how you doing my friend very good, very good. Nice to see you again, Mike and Al. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast and I've been especially following your Instagram, seeing all those uh, beautiful posts uh, uh, as your summer progresses. So thank you for that as well. Well, thanks for the shout out. Uh, River actually was our third episode, Al. Can you believe it? It was like, it felt like it was a year ago. So it, um, it, it does feel like it was more than, than, almost six months ago. Like a yeah. decade ago. <laughs> All right. So River, we're going to listen really quick to the question and answer that we asked you six months ago. So here it is. All right. Well, welcome back River. How are you doing, my friend? Very good. Very good. Nice to see you again, Mike and Al. Uh, I've been listening to your podcast and I've been especially following your Instagram, seeing all those uh, beautiful posts, uh, uh, as your summer progresses. So thank you for that as well. Well, thanks for the shout out. Uh, River actually was our third episode, Al. Can you believe it? It was like, it felt like it was a year ago. So it, um, it, it does feel like it was more than, than almost six months ago. Like a yeah. decade ago. <laughs> All right. So River, we're going to listen really quick to the question and answer that we asked you six months ago. So here it is. Imagine yourself six months from now, looking back at all this, looking back at, you know, summer camp is over, this crisis is over. What, what would that version of yourself tell you that would inspire you today? Thank you for that question, Al. That's a very, very deep question. So I think the, the main thing that we can all take out from this is that together we can really accomplish great things. I mean, this COVID-19 crisis is something that nobody can solve on their own. And we're seeing it everywhere. We see how people are really recognizing the value of their healthcare professionals and finding ways to support them. And without that support, they really cannot do anything. Without uh, a good support from government uh, and, and enterprises and, and, and industries creating these ventilators, I mean, they, they have the best will possible and, and they are really sacrificing themselves to sometimes to the full extent. But if they don't have ventilators, they cannot do it. So industry has to step in and, and we as a society doing our social distancing and, and staying home and staying safe, we really are doing our part. And, and at the end, I think that the best outtake that as a global community, as a whole, we will all be able to tell ourselves is that we can 
really overcome anything as long as we're together, as long as we work together. That was River six months ago. Now, River, we're going to ask you a similar question that we're going to be asking the, a lot of our follow-up guests. What would be different from your answer today? Thanks for that. Yeah, um, I believe my my answer wouldn't change that much. I think that the, the main gist of it is that together we can accomplish things. And this past six months have, in any case, proven to me that the only way we can actually accomplish things is together. And I, I believe that that frustration that many people have felt during these trying times is due to the fact that, that we are, as a species, as a community, accustomed to work together, to be together. And, and it's all been really... Um, a very difficult challenge to find new ways to work together in spite of the distance. But in the end, the, the, the main point is that we can only accomplish great things together. I mean, we can do a lot, loads of, deep, uh, loads of, of little things uh, if we work alone, but working with people, that's, that's where the money's at. That's where, the, that's where the success is at, really. You hit the nail on the head. I think you know your your first message and your your second message match so perfectly, especially with the times we're in. Alan, I want to say thanks for joining us and again, and you know giving us your time. We hear your birds in the background outside your window and and all the chirping, so everybody knows uh, what all those sounds are. And um, River, give us a quick. How do people get a hold of you one more time? Well, yeah, uh, you can catch me at Rivergram. So like Instagram, but Rivergram. That's my Instagram handle. I don't have a lot of content really, but, but you, can also, you can always DM me and, uh, and I'll answer. And uh, you can also get me at river at layanada.com. I'm pretty sure it will be written somewhere in the description there. <laughs> Not to spell it. <laughs> Definitely, we'll make sure it's in there. Uh, and if you need anything else from Al and I, we'll be right back after this. If you're interested in having your voice heard on this podcast, go to youthdevelopmentpro.com and send us an email. All right, everybody, I have a special surprise on this commercial break. Here it is. Kurt, tell hey, us. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, I mentioned about the partners coming out and doing family camps. Um, we've also added a piece where an individual family can rent a cabin and it's kind of a choose your adventure uh, type thing. So you can rent a cabin out here and just uh, avail yourself of the activities that can be family led. Um, check out equipment, do all that, have a nice weekend out here. Food, lodging is provided. There's some entertainment. We have a campfire and do s'mores and do energizers. Um, you can also add horses and ropes if you want to do that. And it's been, uh, we've offered a couple of these so far, and it's been an exciting way for people to find out what it's like to be a camper at Camp for All. So we're really excited about that opportunity as well. And Kurt, this is open to anybody. It doesn't have to be a Camp for All family. Nope. Doesn't have it to be is, a Texas family. Nope, it's open to anybody. All you, you go on, there's a link, a way to register, just like you're registering at a campground. Um, there's a link on our website. You can, it's called Camp for Y'all. Nice. And, and uh, families can rent. It can be one family. Or we, might, we might have a weekend where there's one family 
it, rent a cabin or we might have a weekend where 10 families are renting cabins, but everybody is being physically distanced. Activities are all separate. So it's kind of the same thing with our regular family camp. It's safe, but it's also a fun way to get out and do something different. Awesome. I would totally recommend it. If your kids are completely homeschooled and you're looking for a breakaway and just some time to connect with your children and make those meaningful impacts, you know, reach out to Kurt at camp for y'all. I'm from up, up in the Northern part. So that didn't come out. So as smooth, but if you're looking, I would, I would sign up today and uh, yeah. Thanks Kurt for shouting it out. All right. Thank you. Hello, this is Al and welcome back. Uh, we just had that great discussion with uh, River about, um, again, what's past. Uh, and we're gonna shift a little bit to another part of the world with Rabbi Sarah, who's gonna talk to us uh, about what she's learned. Rabbi Sarah Rich, all the way from episode 12 in our podcast, uh, and, and I'm excited about this because um, uh, in, in listening to the uh, initial uh, call and then re-listening to it, uh, I talked a little bit about um, uh, John Maxwell's um, uh, law of timing from his 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And, and I really juxtapose uh, what uh, uh, Rabbi Sarah was doing at the time uh, with uh, one of those laws, uh, with that law of timing. Uh, and and th there's actually four components. It's, it's the wrong action at, at the wrong time leads leaders to disaster. The right action at the wrong time brings resistance. Uh, the wrong action at the right time is a mistake. And then finally, the right action is the right time that results in success. So thinking back on that and, and what we just listened to, Rabbi Sarah, uh, and by the way, welcome back again. Uh, uh, what, what are some of your results? Uh, where do you think you fell in that? Um, uh, have you been uh, calling those students now that school is back? Um, share a little bit with us about that uh, that perspective from from a few well almost six months ago well thank you so much for having me back and i'm fairly certain that at the time i thought in six months this would be done and behind us and fall semester would be uh, a regular semester and it isn't and we spent a lot of time over the summer working out different scenarios um, for what our programming would look like based on um, if students were completely home, completely on campus, or some mix in between, and also how we would react if that were to change sometime in the middle of the semester. So um, the idea of calling and checking in on every student, and I think we tossed out the four week mark, um, I tossed that out in the conversation. We're um, a bit past that now. And uh, we have not exactly done that yet, um, but we do plan on doing that before the end of the semester. And um, we're looking at you know, the time between what uh, students will be leaving for Thanksgiving and staying home um, rather than traveling back to campus and then leaving um, a few weeks after for winter break. So that to us seems like a great time to do that check-in. 
Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, uh, one one of the quotes that I've stolen from you, or, or really what I do is the you know the first time I use a quote that I've, I've taken from somebody, I usually say, well, this is from my friend Rabbi Sarah who said, and then the second time I do it, I say, this is from a friend of mine who said, and then the third time I usually just say it and don't attribute it at all. So uh, so when things stop working, we don't do them anymore. And I've quoted you, you over and over throughout the last few months. Ah, uh, so that I now remember was Rabbi Lauren Grable Herman. So you can quote her the first time, not quote her the second time. And I'll, you can totally put this on the cutting room floor, but just for your edification, uh, you know, Jews don't believe the Messiah has come yet. And we have a teaching that says that if you give a quote in the name of the person who said it, that brings the Messiah. So. Oh well, there you go. So yeah, now I know, <laughs> your, and I will. Uh, I will continue <laughs> to uh, attribute that uh, to you or to Laura via you, Laura, Rabbi yes. Sarah. So. Okay, very good. <laughs> so continue. I'm sorry. No, I, 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 I'd, I'd like to know from uh, what was going on, you know, back then to now. Uh, you know, are there things that have stopped working and you're not doing them anymore? And what are you, what are you doing? So there are some things that we've changed. And uh, one was we spoke about the Hillel Helpers program, where we had students very excitedly signing up to tutor um, or to spend time with kids virtually in the spring. And we had some really great matches come out of that. And actually, we ended up in a scenario where we had more students signed up to do it than families looking for a helper. So that was interesting. Um, although I have three young kids, and I, I really see it both ways. I see how this could be a great thing. And I also understand feeling like you have so many things to coordinate. It's hard enough. And to then have to coordinate with one more person is too much. Um, and so I am not surprised that that didn't grow and grow. Uh, but I think that it was the the right idea at the right time for those families and students um, who did have that interaction. And I know that a lot of those partnerships were sustained for you know several months in the spring. And so that was great. And we felt no need to continue trying to work it and tweak it to make it happen. Um, it was fine for it to peak when it did and for us to move on to the next idea. One of the other things that you said at the time, and, and again, I've attributed to you uh, multiple times, um, is, and I'm curious, um, you, you, you said uh, that you were helping a lot of students at the time navigating the gray uh, because they were living a lot in their black and white world. Uh, are, are there things that uh, you continue to navigate uh, the gray uh, for yourself and for your students? I think that there's a lot of gray right now because we're not in the state of what we're used to. For the students, they're some still at home, some on, some on campus, so they are not with their usual peers. When they um, are all in one at least zip code, it doesn't mean they can spend time together the way that they would normally. And you take the regular social pressures that college students are under trying to find their people and you know, build friendships and relationships, and then you add health regulations um, and, um, and, you know, and a lot of rules. And at that age, they're really at a place where they're supposed to push those rules 
Um, that's pretty normal. And then you say, well, you might be fine or it could be life or death for you or your grandma. Um, there's not a lot of clear cut guidance for what these students should be doing. And so they are um, in, I would say, a gray area in that sense. And um, we are, you know, we're with them in that and we talk a lot about it. And it's, I, I, on the one hand, feel bad for them. You know, I think that there's a mourning that they're experiencing and that we, you know, as a Hillel staff experience for the loss of the college experience that they should be happening right now. Um, but I also place a lot of hope in their resilience and the lessons that they're learning um, about what it means to be an adult, to be responsible, and to learn that you can make the best of challenging situations. That's, that's great. Thank you for, for that. Uh, you, you continue to talk about it just in, in, in this last statement about connections and, and losing those connections or reestablishing connections. Um, uh, what, what would you like to share with, with, with our audience um, uh, about the kinds of connections that you're providing? Uh, is, is, is there something that we've, we haven't asked yet that you'd like to, to, to bring forward today? Sure. So I spoke last time about our process of talking to students and asking them questions to find out uh, what they want, what they're doing. And so we did another round of that in August, uh, where um, the two staff members that I work with called uh, around 30 students and asked them if they were planning to come back to campus. If so, why? If not, why and you know what they were hoping for what they were concerned with and a hundred percent whether they were coming back or not their concern was connecting and what that would mean for them socially for the ones coming back they said i don't really think this is safe i really doubt we're going to make it through the semester but i'm coming <laughs> you know um i can't be home anymore and for the ones who, and their parents, by the way, felt the same. The parents that I spoke to felt the same. This is, my kids should not be home. And they'll just have to, we'll just hope for the best. Um, and the students who were staying home were feeling very, you know, a lot of angst and, and concern about missing that social connection, being excluded. So uh, we created a program that we are calling Herd Community, playoff of Herd Immunity. And also, the bulls, the buffalo, they, they travel in herds. And so we created a program where students signed up and we placed them in a herd with five students and they can earn points individually. Um, and those points um, accumulate for them as a herd. They earn points for doing things that are healthy and positive, um, personal behaviors, social behaviors. So they earn points for things like going out for a run, studying for an hour uninterrupted by social media, calling a relative to check in and say hi, doing some Jewish learning or, you know, attending a Shabbat service or something like that. Um, a lot of different choices because we know different things speak to different students. And they also earn points for doing things as a herd. It could be a movie night or a game night. It could be a discussion about racial justice. It could be anything. Um, not anything, <laughs> but um, they, you know, they have, we have given them a menu that they can pick from or they can create their own experience. It's fine with us. And um, the idea was that this would give them a chance to connect. It would reinforce these positive behaviors 
And we also wanted to be a source of joy and surprise and the yes in their lives when there's so much no, no, no that they're up against. And um, it's a completely location blind program. So you can be in a herd um, with someone who lives on Long Island while you're here in Buffalo. It doesn't matter because everything can be done virtually and safely. And if the situation changes and students need to go home, this program is resilient. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, it can just keep going. And so we um, have some good prizes for uh, students as they rack up points. And we're really excited about this. I, you know, I, I, I love that you continue to create connections and opportunity for connections uh, for, for the students you serve. I, I, I love that you continue to ask, what do you want? I, I use that same version of that question in how can I serve you, you know, and uh, Sarah, Rabbi Sarah, can, can you tell us uh, how folks can get a hold of you and um, uh, any closing thought? Um, sure. Well, you can send me an email, Rabbi Sarah at hillelofbuffalo.org. Um, you can find me on hillelofbuffalo.org, our website. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. And um, if you have any trouble finding me, I know uh, you can reach out to our hosts and they know, <laughs> they know where I am. And we know where to track you, especially Sarah, I think I see your kids enough, so we, we could track you down. <laughs> yeah, just stick a note in their backpack. Yeah. <laughs> they'll get to me, <laughs> hopefully. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, the final thought is that I don't see us stopping uh, this practice of asking the students, they know themselves best, and trying to just strike that balance between um, trying to anticipate and learn from them what they need, and also providing alternatives, uh, you know, ways to challenge them, um, to try to help them grow, you know, and I find for me, that's often the gray that I live in, you know, is how much to um, affirm, confirm, and how much to challenge um, with the hope of, you know, of helping them in their growth, but, um, you know, just trying to model that compassion for them and, and that support. I am so grateful for you and for uh, providing those connections. Uh, not only uh, has this uh, touchback with you has been inspirational, it's been educational. I've learned a little bit uh, as well. So thank you again. Michael and I will be back uh, in just a moment. Thanks so much to our sponsors, Expert Online Training. Al, you've used Expert Online Training. Tell us about it. I have. I've been a past user and, and, and a big fan of Expert Online Training. I've used them for our first year staff. I've used them uh, for returning leaders. I've used them for our senior leadership uh, or what uh, some people call the, the directing team and I call the support staff. Uh, the different topics and presenters that they have really are worthwhile in tailoring training to your specific camp teams in so many different ways. It's a great program. My camp is using expert online training this summer. So if you're interested in expert online training, go to expertonlinetraining.com and check them out. Welcome back, everybody. That was great. I loved uh, catching up with both of our guests. Al, a little different wrap up today. We're not going to, you know, what'd you learn? I think, you know, what was the takeaway of just listening to both of those? I'm, I, I, I find that both of them, you know, uh, kind of essentially what they said six months ago, set it up for today. And, and back to my uh, Shakespeare reference at the beginning of the call, uh, you know, what's past is prologue. It really, really 
you know, is uh, it, it, it can be taken to, to mean that everything up until now uh, has just set the stage for what's happening right now. And, and, you know, when we look at other things in our world as they're happening, uh, perhaps that's the view and uh, Shakespeare was right. One of the things that really clicked home for me with talking to these amazing youth, youth development professionals is we're all in that same boat, right? We all don't know what the next six months, forget about COVID. I think we could have done this without COVID in the world and say, where do you think you're going to be in six months? Planning is everything, but you just never know where you're going to end up. So um, I want to give a very special shout out to River and Rabbi Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, as always, Al, thanks so much for being my partner in crime. I look forward to the next two that uh, in our next call as well. Yep. Yep. Definitely. We have a couple of great, great more for the next one and we will see you next time. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye.